Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for an interview with my buddy, Swarna Selvaraj. And Swarna is the head of talent development for Tata Consultancy Services, or TCS, in Europe, UK, and Ireland. Swarna has nearly 20 years of experience and has led assignments that have transformed challenging scenarios into result-oriented opportunities. We're going to talk all about connecting learning to the business. Swarna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Andy. Really great to have you on. We've uh, developed a fast friendship over the last couple of weeks, and uh, I've been excited to talk to you. You're working for probably one of the largest professional services, if not one of the largest companies in the world. You're dealing with a lot of people. We're recording this in May in the middle of you know, still the COVID-19 pandemic and a lot of people working remotely. And I know you've probably in the middle, been in the middle of scrambling to support a lot of that. So I'm interested in getting into specifically, you know, how you've managed that and, and driven engagement during these times, as well as talking about making learning and development more of a business imperative. But before we get to those things, maybe we just start with a little bit of background. You know, who are you and how did you get to where we are today? Thank you for uh, asking that, Andy. I'm Swarna. I've been that always, so there's no change in it a very simple person uh, who likes to work with people, who likes to understand people and see uh, how I can learn and share. That's what I am. I'm from India, born and brought up in a city named Chennai, which is one of the metro cities in India. I studied there. I studied social work as part of my master's course and then was campus recruited by a company named Murugappa Group of Companies. I was there for four and a half years working with them on different assignments and then joined Tata Consultancy Services in 2006. So from then on, it's uh, no looking back. Uh, when I was in college itself, I was very interested in working for both the Murugappa Group and the Tata Group of companies. So I'm glad I got to my dream very quickly. And that's what it is. And even though I am a qualified HR professional, I've been completely specialized in learning and development and love doing learning and development with a lot of employee engagement linked with it. Awesome. And for your role today, describe, you know, what do you do today at Tata? I actually manage uh, the talent development programs for uh, employees in Tata Consultancy Services Europe, 
UK and Ireland. As for the business structure, though the continent of Europe is all the same, which includes UK and Ireland as well. As for the business structure, uh, as part of the major markets unit, we have Europe separately and UK and Ireland separately. We have uh, close to 40,000 employees in these geographies. And I have to be looking at how the talent development needs are met for these employees. They are spread across different streams uh, of technology, their business domain, or the process-related aspects, the behavioral aspects, the culture, language aspects. It's an all-rounded development that I need to focus on, for which there are multiple teams working from across the globe who offer different programs. There are people who contextualize, there are people who conceptualize. We all come together and deliver these programs for these associates. Interesting. Great. If you work in talent development, you know that your job has become more important than ever. The problem is there's so much uncertainty and noise out in the business world and things are changing so fast, it's hard to know where to go and what tools and resources to use to solve your problems. That's why I recently launched the Talent Development Think Tank community as a central and safe place to access information, ask questions, and talk with other L&D professionals like you so that you can achieve your goals and accelerate your career. Join today to get instant access to our online platform and community of ambitious, helpful talent development professionals who understand your world and can help you solve your problems. Right now, I'm offering 25% off the subscription price to podcast listeners. Just go to talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and use code HOTSEAT for 25% off. That's talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and use code HOTSEAT. Thanks, and on to the episode. I'm curious, you know, overseeing talent development for 40,000 employees across Europe, UK, Ireland, what were the main components of the development programs you had in place before COVID and how, what big shifts have you made since the pandemic? It's a good question. Okay. Because I would say that, you know, the programs that we've had, you know, we had the calendar programs published as per the plan. And when the COVID scenario stuck for us, it was different in different countries. So Europe, we are in operations in 21 countries. So we all know that, you know, the situation was different in every country. So the calendar programs were available for us. It's not just these are the monthly programs that go and all that. People know that in a particular year, they have their competency sets. They know what are the kind of programs that they need to take and all that. But what had happened was with all these regular calendars and all already available and this COVID situation striking, there was a little bit of, you know, I would say the prioritization coming to learning became a little lesser in the beginning. Okay. So we could quickly feel that the learning days were going down. It was because of multiple reasons. It could be because of the focus of them. Basically, you need to be safe first, right? So that was their first. And we know of employees and their families getting quarantined because of the situation. There were several things that they need to be uh, careful about. So then we had to form cross-functional teams within geographies. Uh, which were agile teams looking at how we could first engage our employees. So from doing talent development personally, I moved into doing employee engagement. I led the team of virtual engagement in the United Kingdom. I'll take this example of United Kingdom. So when we did that, we brought together well-being, we brought together learning, we brought together coaching and all the aspects where uh, people can learn. And then we started looking at categorizing employees into people who are right now quarantined, a vulnerable who would need support. Also categorizing them as people who have already settled down at their home, started working. And then the third category of people 
who who are at home safe but they are not able to start work because of lot of information security reasons you know we need to have laptops there are a lot of security violations so there were three categories of people basically and we had to plan engagement differently for all the three categories of people so from just doing a learning calendar i think the role transformation or the way we looked at was how can we get employee engagement first of all and how to get learning integrated into it i would say that the engagement had a lot of learning from virtual learning because learning anyway was digital mostly you know uh, in tcs in the last few years we've been doing more than 90% of our learning in the digital mode so any big people could learn from anywhere now the concept of work from anywhere came in newly for a lot of people right so it was almost 100% of people working from home so we picked up a lot of learning from virtual digital journeys into virtual engagements and then applied them so the difference basically was just from learning we go into engagement as a whole and then bring learning into it got it you didn't say let's take a look at the learning we have and how do we convert that and make it you know keep it going but you started with how do we keep our people engaged with the three different tiers of people three different groups of people if you will how do we people keep them engaged and how do we use learning to help drive that engagement yeah and i did not tell you about the result we had right so while doing employee engagement and integrating learning with it we launched a learning challenge as well for employees just to engage them differently and uh, when we did an analysis of uh, how has the learning been so we just took uh, you know the month of april and looked at uh, what has happened the previous year of april and this year of april we could see very clearly that the learning days have improved and not decreased that's awesome so what you're saying is a lot of companies put things on hold said i don't know how we're going to do this worked on converting things i'm sure while people are remote that the learning went down but you're saying as after covid with people working remotely learning days or amount of time people have spent learning has actually gone up yeah it went down in the beginning yeah. when we were looking at the situation and then I think our strategy of clubbing engagement to learning really worked well. That's cool. Can you tell me a little bit more about that challenge, how that worked because I want to hear about some more creative things that you did. I want to give people ideas, you know, they can do in your their own organizations. I can tell you that the learning challenge uh, was launched at a global level and every geography, every business unit, every region in India which are, which are all big regions, you may know, it designed it the way they wanted. So, basically we were trying to build learning stories of employees who were able to learn something and help business or help themselves so it depended on the number of learning stories we were getting from different places it depended on we have something called a competency development plan right so which goes so how many people are able to gain competencies even at this point of time there was a special recognition for that and people work in projects because it's an it consulting firm so even accounts we named them as best learning accounts during the new normal we even called it the, the awards that we had in europe and uk was basically the new normal learner the new normal learning account and like i said different geographies had different ways of doing it and there were a lot of creative things that were happening but overall as an organization we were able to see a very good jump in learning days that's cool so yeah using the challenge to engage people you know what did they call it like basically peer based social proof social your pressure right to see what other people are doing and making it competitive you know i have a long history of that running business simulations for clients when you make things competitive it becomes a lot more engaging right when you see that 
People can see the rewards you're getting. You're competing with each other. Even if there's no actual prize on the line other than pride and ego, people will compete to try to do those things, especially if they see their friends doing it. And that's, you know, a lot of, you see a lot of consumer-based apps doing that stuff. So it's cool to see you doing that in learning and development. What other creative things have you done as an organization to keep engagement going during these times? There are, uh, I think webinars are becoming very common. We all know that, right? So that's not something which is new. But I can tell you that the creative learning methodologies that have come in, especially the live event, I had written an article also for one of the magazines about the emerging learning methodologies and the new skill that talent development professionals are picking up. Even in terms of uh, moderating an interview, how can you make it like a real marketed event, right? The kind of skills that people pick up. So we ran a lot of panel discussions with people on how they are coping up with the situation. We ran events like a day in the life of where even a COVID recovery patient coming and talking about how they did it and things like that. We did debates continuously. Some of the topics were very interesting in terms of even the roles of people played, you know, whose job has changed the most? Is it people in a particular role or somebody else? So we brought in leaders, we brought in middle managers, we brought in junior people to come and talk about that. So the, it's not just the regular calendar programs. It's also the additional things that were introduced. For example, our organization introduced the weekly hackathons as a practice for all newcomers in the sense people who have never hacked you could hack now you know without any pressure it's for newcomers so things like that so if we categorize it as you know people who've who've not done learning we started applying the data analytics to see okay what's happening other interesting things i've heard from other geographies is you know they even pledged the learning hours to charity which was very very good so yeah, so, so there are different things that different geographies did, something to do with data analytics, going deep into, okay, what else we could do, how best we could do. That's one side of it. On the second side, linking learning to community, that was also happening. And then coming up with newer learning methodologies to engage people. Just like what I said, right? The live event debates, panel discussions, something like a TV show. I even <laughs> was part of one of the sessions named COVID Coffee. COVID coffee? And what, what was that? Just kind of live conversations, panel conversations? Yeah, live conversations. It's like the regular coffee with a celebrity, right? Something like that. And then as an organization, this is not just talent development, but as an organization, you would have seen in LinkedIn, Twitter, and social media that hashtag one TCS was being, you know, we were actually living the spirit of TCS. That was what I would say. So we, we came together as teams in engagement we divided ourselves into social collaboration, learning, work collaboration, and then doing different things in different places because people may be interested in different things. So even that hashtag one TCS became very popular and we had our employees become more active in social media as well. Maybe many people like me who became active in the COVID season. We've talked about that. This is actually, you know, I love asking people, and I should be doing this more on the podcast, but I've been hosting virtual summits, uh, virtual roundtables for people in talent development. I've been having a lot of conversations and running client workshops. And one of my favorite questions to ask is, what's been one of the silver linings from COVID-19? What great has come out of this? And I know you and I first started talking, you said, oh, I've never really been on social media before, but now I am. And I've been connecting with a bunch of great people and it's been awesome. Seriously, and got a nice buddy as well, straight away. <laughs> <laughs> Right here. Yeah, I love it. I don't remember uh, talking to somebody outside my organization so much. I don't think in my 18 years of career, I would have done that. So mm. I think the COVID has definitely taken away my shyness of 
just you know being within TCS and doing things. Now I'm just opening up and talking to people very freely. I don't know what has changed, but definitely it has given me the confidence to just. I, I think that fear of you know just moving out of TCS has gone, and uh, I have turned out to be probably I'm I'm seeing myself as a very different person because of COVID. And when I talk to some of my friends, they also tell me that you know we. We see you writing more. That's very <laughs> unlikely of you. Yeah, you were posting on LinkedIn and doing different stuff continuously. And I'm, I've told myself that in a day I'll have to do at least fifty words, if not more. I like it. That's cool. Well, I, let's stay on that for a second because you're touching on two things that I think are really important for helping your career. One is building a network, talking to people. The other is building a personal brand, you know, putting some content out there from time to time, showing people that you know some of the things that you know, right? And on the networking angle of it, I know there's probably a lot of people out there like you who are like, I work in a big company. I know enough people here very rarely branch out of that, right? But if you are someone listening to this and you've been thinking about branching out to network with people outside of your company, I can tell you that during this time, it has never been a better time. I'm finding that People are much more likely to book conversations, virtual coffees, video calls, phone calls, uh, and they're more available because they're, tra- they're traveling less. And I was just explaining this to some clients the other day. There has really never been a time in history where we had such a shared global experience. I mean, there have been a few, right? Maybe look back at 9-11, World War II, but very rarely has been there been a time where everybody in the world is going through the same experience and we all have something to talk about, which when you think about the essence of what a conversation is, it's really a dance of trying to find common ground. We've already got it right away. So if we have that to jump from, it's very easy to start a conversation. Very well said. I would definitely agree. You know, I I remember my experience of uh, traveling to the US to receive an award, which was given to me by the training magazine, the training journal in US. I was told that it is very rare for a person to get that award because they award the top 25 people in the world as emerging training leaders. Every year they do it. And I was named number one, actually. You know, they named five people number one. I was one of them. And I still can't believe that, you know, I was... I was so reserved, Andy, when I went there to the US. And it was in Orlando. It was in Disneyland in Orlando. I go there and I'm like very comfortable inside my room. I, If I think about it now and I'm telling myself, oh my God, if it had happened next month, <laughs> I'd have been a very different person because, you know, the time that I've got because of not traveling, which is very true. Mm-hmm. And then the point that, okay, it's a great opportunity now. Let's get really global. Let's talk to people. You know, that the mindset. And in US, when I went there to even know what there were a lot of people who came and asked for okay can we do more sessions can you can you write i did write articles i don't remember saying a yes for even one conversation outside that event yeah and i can't believe that i did that <laughs> <You know? laughs> in spite of winning that award and uh, being named as number one i don't think of course i did talk to people when they asked me okay what did you do in the organization what was so different yeah. because this was the time when we moved from physical to digital completely Mm. Okay. And uh, we were moving into digital learning itself. And I was leading the largest region in TCS. And I was given a responsibility to launch the first digital course in continuous learning program 
in which I had to bring all business stakeholders together, convince all people. The participants were global, multilingual. It was a clear business challenge that I had. I was asked to, you know, the situation was very critical because the business head calls me and says, look, Swarna, we are moving from... uh, Uh, manual testing to automation testing. This is the skill that's going to come in. And we have more than 6,000 manual testers in our organization across, you know, in India, in Mexico, in Spain. So we have six months. How can you get them all to become automation testers? We need to certify them. So how can we do it? That was the challenge. And uh, at that point of time, there was no specific course available in the market for that. There was nothing available and you need to build a global course that you can launch and get. And until then, um, you know, we've not heard about a course which is global and all that. You know, we do physical learning. Maximum is e-learning, WBT. That's it. Hmm. So, you know, and uh, getting that, talking to stakeholders, getting the subject matter experts, even training them as a virtual faculty, which was not heard of then, was something very different. It was just then catching up in K-12 in US where online schools and all that. In fact, I took a course in Coursera, uh, which is which was actually for teachers on emerging you know, technologies for virtual teaching and all that. I, I went through it to understand how it can be done and then went back to my organization, sat with the team with the business heads telling them, look, we could try something like that and see how it works. So we had to do guided uh, coding. We had to do, make sure that people were comfortable with that. It was a great experience and six months was the time, but we made it happen in four months with more than 6,000 people trained and wow. all of them got placed. So one, you know, satisfaction from a people impact as a person, I always think that, okay, we need to have business alignment, you know, business should get benefited, which yes, it was because we held the business of automation testing. We retained it. So for the business, it is a huge benefit. And for people, redundancy was completely gone. You know, we, we did not have to send anybody out saying, oh boy, okay, you don't have this skill. So that way it was a very, very fulfilling assignment and I was awarded for that. I go there and I don't talk to anybody. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. You're talking to people now. I'm talking now. (laughs) Talking now. It's never too late. Better late than never, right? As they say. This episode of the Talent Development Hot Seat is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is the first place to call when you need leaders to lead, sellers to sell, and your business to flourish. We specialize in connecting organizations with exceptional learning solutions to help them turn strategy into action and get their people doing the best work of their lives. And we're also proud to be providing tons of great content and inspiration to you and everyone out there during troubled times. You can go to advantageperformance.com to find any of our weekly webinars, insights, white papers, and blogs we've been putting out to help you survive and thrive during challenging times. That website again is advantageperformance.com. And now back to the show. a couple times in there, this idea of connecting to business impact, getting the business involved or aligned. And I know that's something you've big on, been big on your career. And I'm going to guess and assume that has been a big contributor to your success because there's a lot of learning people that come up through learning organizations and build learning programs because they sound cool or they feel right and don't get the business involved and end up, you know, don't have that support and they're being seen more as a cost center. I've been on a mission to help talent development professionals become more strategic parts of the business. So tell me more about the importance of, you know, connecting programs to the business, involving all the stakeholders and why that's, that's so important. 
I think you you have said it, Andy. Okay, you you cannot be a silo. You cannot be running something because it's nice to do. It can be a fantastic program, but you know your people have to take it. For me personally, okay, I have been always part of uh, the organization development, and you know it is never that okay. You are in a position where you have to keep building programs, and somebody else sells it. I have not been in a role like that. Okay, so for me, if I have to develop a program, the thought itself has to come from okay, what is the business problem? or what is the future of business how can we help right that's where the thought of the program comes so it also depends on the kind of roles you have played for me i've always worked very closely with business so i've been part of the strategic business plan and when i sit there and hear about okay this is their revenue this is the profit this is the margin they're looking at and okay what are the business problems that are coming up what is the customer satisfaction index saying what is that feedback okay what is the expectation from the top management all of this comes into play and then you think about okay what can lnd do in this okay if lnd can play a part in that then you have reserved your place in business and when you do something which is aligned to business it is very easy to sell it to the people who have to take it and then to the people who have to take it you have to be i think compassionate considerate about making them do it so then you'll have to explain to them the why part of it many people actually focus on the what okay this is what it is you do it but i think it's important to bring the why part of it and tell them and then get the buy in and they also do it so whether it's you know our business itself you know many business organizations for that matter could be matrix organizations you know they could be horizontals they could be verticals all of them have to come together nobody should be kind of focusing on who stuff is it is okay when it comes to learning and development it's a learning for people and people are organizations so how do we do it so how do you keep the balance on even when you are talking to business unit heads about why this is important and how it can be done all that also matters so definitely the critical factor of success lies on how business aligned you could be as far as people like me in roles of business organization like this it makes a huge huge difference if i have to give you an example of a strategic priority turned into a business program i could give an example of i'll give you probably two examples one is the first assignment of mine when i joined the murugappa group of companies where there was a shootout in front of the factory in 91 i was recruited after 10 years where between the community and the organization the trust had to be built okay employees used to come employees used to go so they wanted someone to come in to see how we can build trust between employees and the organization because employees belong to the community right that was my first assignment by far my best assignment i would say where it's a very clear business case that you know business wants employees to feel that hey we're all one and employees do not want it they're saying okay you've come here anyway we are just working for you so how do you do that right i made mistakes in my first assignment as well for example i thought it's employees so let me launch some programs with employees and do it get the business buy in and do it but it didn't work i failed you know the first 3 4 months was terrible because you know the business is okay to try out whatever you want you've done your analysis you come back you've studied something great and you just want to do the theoretical aspects it doesn't work that way right then you have to step back and think about okay what more can be done and uh, learn from your counterparts other people and come back with what you could do so launching a program for employees families their children right and then bringing them together winning their trust and then later bringing employees together that approach worked better
Okay, so that's keeping all stakeholders involved and uh, making the business meet its objectives, and also people get benefited out of it. That's one example. The other example was when I le- when I was leading the largest unit in TCS, which is uh, BFS, and it was very clearly coming out in their uh, customer satisfaction index that the domain knowledge, the business domain knowledge required, was not satisfactory. The clients were not very happy about. It. So what do we do? And then we know that we have a lot of subject matter experts. So it had to be a complete strategy of, okay, how do we bring in uh, banking experts into technology or technology experts learn banking both ways. So then building a domain competency framework for the organization, which can be very helpful. So when we built that and we, when we launched internal certification courses on domain, people were happy to do it because they knew why they are doing it. And the business is happy to sponsor it because they knew they'll get value out of it. And obviously the business measure of customer satisfaction index, it went up in terms of domain knowledge of people. So that's a result. So it's a satisfaction as the person working on talent development also that, look, there's been something which business achieved and there's people also happy about. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, you want to create something that engages people, that benefits people, and you can make a business case for it. You're much more likely to get support from the business. Benefits all stakeholders. Like you said, you want something to benefit everybody. So fantastic. I appreciate you sharing the two examples. You mentioned a mistake in there and I want to get to another one of those, but Swarna, what's been your biggest success or proudest moment in your career so far? The proudest moment definitely is my first assignment, like I told you, Andy, okay, where uh, I was a fresher, my first assignment, and, you know, I was asked to work on an assignment where I have to build trust between employees and the organization, right? It was not easy at all. And I got beaten the first four, five months uh, by making mistakes, learning the hard way. And then when it started, when everything started coming together, employees trusted Actually, I would say employees trusted me first and then the complete HR team and then the organization overall. I think it, it made me feel special because, you know, it, I had to remind them that, you know, that I also belong to HR, right? Because they thought, oh, no, no, that is different. You're different. It was a, it was with blue collar workers. Okay. So it's not that uh, they're all very highly educated and all that. So, but they started trusting and I had to talk to them about a few things. So that I think definitely was the best experience I've had. I felt very proud. And then, um, representing TCS on the world stage, winning that award of emerging training leader of the year amidst so many applications that came and not just in the top 25, but being the number one, you know, representing my organization, representing my country in a global platform. Mm. Definitely. is a proud moment. That's amazing. And so cool. Yeah. You must be very proud of that. Congratulations. Flip side, what's been your biggest mistake or biggest failure in your career? And what did you learn from it? Or one of I can give you uh, you know an example where uh, probably I'll give you two examples okay one size fits all doesn't work at all mm. okay so when we were going for like I said when we went to digital from phys- physical we moved to digital right so we launched the automation testing program it worked really well and then uh, I went with an assumption that this is the way forward we could go with the same style for all programs. It didn't work. Okay. In fact, you know, when we launched some of the courses, there was a question of how can we say that this is very authentic? It's a TCS certification. How can we say that? You know, that's not acceptable. So many questions that came really disturbed us. And we went with an approach of one size fits all to start with, and it didn't work. We quickly understood that was not working. And then we did some data analysis to understand what can be the kind of differences that we can bring in the kind of faculty in kind of content, how we should benchmark with uh, you know, external organizations to show what is the difference, what is the similarity, how is it better. So, so much of work had to be done to 
customize solutions for people, learning programs for people. So one huge learning that I've had is if one thing is successful, it may be anything. We cannot assume that that's going to be successful forever for everybody. <laughs> it is different and it has to be customized. So even in my current role, when I talk to my head of uh, talent development globally, I keep telling him that my approach is very simple. It's the 3C approach because I manage the most diverse geography and, you know, 21 countries operation in Europe and within UK, actually it's four countries, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for football, we are four, but for other reasons, we are one. So, right. so I keep telling that, you know, I'll follow the 3C approach. Very simple. You know, I will, I will definitely collaborate to get the best of resources from everywhere, but I will customize, you know, because that is something that I'll have to do. Otherwise I'm not going to get the buy-in. And then the third C is celebrate. Everybody likes celebration. Everybody likes appreciation. So it's very simply the three C's, collaborate, customize, celebrate. Yeah, I like that. So one size did not fit all. The mistake being, you know, taking something that works well and assuming it's going to work in other places. And of course, we know what happens when we assume it's almost always a mistake, right? And so we want to collaborate, but we also want to customize and then celebrate those wins. If you're looking for a place to connect with colleagues and peers from your industry and find out what other people in talent development are working on, you need to check out the brand new Talent Development Think Tank membership community. Inside, we have members from companies all over the world who are working on all different things in talent development and sharing what's been working, what's been not working, and answering each other's questions so we can all get our jobs done more effectively and be more successful in our careers. If you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you. Just head on over to tdtt.us slash community, and you can use code HOTSEAT for 25% off your subscription. That's tdtt.us slash community and use code HOTSEAT for a limited time for 25% off your subscription. If you have any questions, reach out to me and let me know and we'll see you there. Swarna, are there any major trends in talent development that you've been following? I would say that learning and development has become more and more open. When I say that it is not necessary that a learning and development team necessarily has to give learning to people anymore. Okay. It's become open. It's available on the web. It's available everywhere. In fact, I would say that it's an opportunity and a challenge. Okay. So how do we actually streamline and bring about what is actually required? So it's a beautiful terminology that in the learning and development we have come up with called curation. Right. So the major trend that I see is In learning and development, especially from creating content, we have completely moved to curating content. That I see as a major trend and that is only going to continue more and more because uh, content is available everywhere, right? So that's a major trend. In terms of learning methodologies, definitely there's going to be more coming up in terms of engaging methodologies because uh, digital learning is the new normal. So we might see a lot of new trends in terms of learning methodologies that are coming up and uh, the skills required. Uh, it could even be acting more and more. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Interesting stuff. Is there uh, a book or a Ted talk that you highly recommend or that's made a big impact on you in your career? As far as Ted talks are concerned, uh, I liked some of the Adam Grant's uh, Ted talks, mm-hmm. which are very interesting. Um, there is a, 
there is a women's swimmer from india whose ted talk i really liked i'm sorry i lost the name of it i can find out and tell you i thought it was a very very good one which i liked which inspires anybody because so uh, it's really good i can get the name of it because i've stored it in my system um i thought about it now when you asked i i was supposed to take it but i forgot uh, and then uh, the book that i have liked um i really liked uh, this book fish okay by stephen london uh, it's a very uh, simple leadership fable but it's got a lot of meaning in terms of how you can transform situations from whatever it is even if it's a fish market so the book talks about a pike place fish market and how the business goes down but there's somebody who comes up with this methodology and gets the business booming again so i i think i'm a believer of transformation all the time so mm-hmm. that book has definitely had a huge impact on me very cool uh, and last question for you swarna for anybody else out there in talent development looking for ways to accelerate their career success what's one more piece of advice you would give this is not just for talent development for anybody who is playing a, a role in services you know where you have customers i think uh, we need to clearly understand who our customers are which is very very important we need to know what we can offer and we need to set up a right team to deliver that so this is something very important overall for any role and in the current day scenario and for the future for talent development one word if i have to bring in i think you should be very very resourceful i think that's one thing that i would like to say being resourceful means you knowing where is what what resources are available you don't need to be knowing everything but you need to know where what is available and bring it together to offer to business when it's required and uh, when you when you create your offerings be very inclusive because it's global and we need to be very very inclusive of different dimensions that people bring uh, one size doesn't fit <laughs> all we need to remember that make sure that inclusion is coming in very clearly the accessibility part is very very important that's it so if you're resourceful and if you're able to bring in inclusive offerings way to go love it i think that's the big takeaway from this interview right is don't assume one size doesn't take you know um fit all remember to collaborate customize and celebrate be inclusive engage people with communication empathy all those things um you've done some really great stuff no surprise that you won that award Swarna and I appreciate you coming on to share all of that experience and wisdom with us. So thank you again for coming on the Talent Development Hot Seat. Thank you very much Andy for this opportunity. I think I am your one reason for me coming out very openly and saying okay I can do this and I felt very comfortable talking to you. I didn't feel like oh you're a new person. <laughs> so thank you very much for making me feel that way and I am happy that you know I could speak to you today. Oh thank you so much. All right, take care. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again and take care.